G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. On a Thursday, we do like to check in with Family Voice Australia. Greg Bondar is the State Director for Family Voice, New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, welcome back to 2020. Oh, good morning, Neil. Delighted to be here again. Greg, let's talk voluntary assisted dying. Uh, The legislation's already passed in New South Wales. There's a parliamentary inquiry and uh, there's some some issues here that are coming out of uh, the bill that recently passed uh, that you're going to be involved in uh, making some submissions. Uh, What are these ones about? Yeah, Neil, the bill did pass the lower house as we... um spoke about a few weeks ago, but it's now going to the upper house and it could still be knocked back by the upper house. So we're working very closely with the uh, Legislative Council members and giving them as much information as we can. In the meantime, the Standing Committee on Law and Justice has invited Family Voice Australia to give evidence at the hearing. Uh, The hearings commenced yesterday and they'll finish on Monday. Uh, I'm appearing before the committee on Monday, on Monday the 13th of December, to give evidence. Now, some of the issues, Neil, that have been really unresolved, and it's only come to light through information that I've gleaned from from our members, but here's a couple of things that we really need to try and address and see how this works out with a bill if it, gets, um, if it becomes law. Will unvaccinated patients be euthanised? Now, this is an interesting dilemma that one's going to be have to uh, one's going to have to sort out uh, with any euthanasia bill. It is just uh, just just pause yeah, on that yeah. for a moment. Can yeah. unvaccinated patients be euthanised? <laughs> what are you, what are your thoughts on that, and how are you going to present uh, something to that inquiry? Well, we don't want anybody to be euthanised, Neil. <laughs> we don't want anybody. But I know the situation is that sometimes there's unintended consequences. If the government is saying, you know, everyone has to be vaccinated and what have you, okay, let's go with that. Well, how's this bill? Is that going to override the, the the law or the or the or the directions and regulations on vaccination? So, you know, there are a lot of loopholes there that can be. Uh, that can be conflicting. So that's one issue that we're going to raise with them, to saying, look, how's this going to work? What are the regulations on this particular bill? And there's a number of really interesting uh, questions you're going to be addressing. Mm. Uh, What other ones have you got on your list? Well, the other one, Neil, is really, do children need parental consent? Now, this is a real worry. Will the bill allow children to say, I want to be euthanised? you know, for whatever reason. Do they need their parental consent? Now, we're really concerned about that because, you know, as you know, more and more parents are being uh, removed from consent in the, at school, at, at medical and what have you. So we really want to get some answers on that because I think that would be, a, you know, a, a travesty of justice if, if kids were allowed to just say to some, you know, I want to be euthanised because I'm, I'm not feeling well or I think I'm going to... Whatever the case may be, and, and I'll come to an issue later on in Switzerland, but there's another issue. The third one that we're looking at is, now, relatives be able to overrule the patient. Now, this is interesting because um, uh, one of the problems that we've got, Neil, is that there are more and more people 
uh, that that are having relatives wanting wanting the p- particular person, whether it's a mum or dad or granddad, to actually get themselves euthanized. In other words, what the relatives are saying is, when are you going to end this, doctor? Because whether they're, they're, they're inheritance hungry or whether they don't want to care for the parent or grandparent anymore. So that's a real issue. Who's going to be able to override the patient? Will the relatives be able to do that? Well, we're hoping not. And finally, and this is a real issue, because in America at the moment, well, health insurance companies refuse cover if you're going to elect to do VAD procedure. In other words, some states in America are now saying to people that have said, I want to be euthanized. Um, the medical insurance companies are saying, okay, you've got no more insurance anymore because you've elected to die because that, the cost would be tremendous. So, you know, these are real issues here because, you, you know, we, want, we need to know now. You know, where are the, where's the fine detail in all this? And we're going to make sure that we cross the T's and dot the I's when we reject this bill. So here are some questions that we will be addressing now. Well, no doubt uh, that's fresh uh, new information that many listeners will never have even considered. But there are all sorts of uh, really yeah. quite important uh, questions there that do need to be resolved. And, of course, as you say, uh, we're on your side too, of course, uh, Greg, you don't want anyone to be euthanised. Oh. You want that to be rejected by the Upper House in New South Wales, and that's uh, where I suspect uh, you'd be saying to listeners, uh, let's be prayerful that that can happen. Hey, yeah. you've had some connection of recent times, uh, some webinars. Uh, you've been doing some uh, dig- uh, deep digging into uh, where the Labor Party might be sitting so far as Christian voters with an upcoming federal mm. election. Uh, Senator Christina Keneally, uh, you've had some connection with her. Uh, what sort of things can we glean from conversations uh, so far as where Labor is at and their thoughts about Christian voters? Yeah, thank you, Neil. Look, the issue we've got here is, don't forget, Family Voice is a non-denominational uh, Christian advocacy organisation. We don't take uh, political sides. We're apolitical, in other words. You know, we've got... We just want to make sure that we advocate for family, freedom and faith. Now, should Labor become the next government, we need to know what position Christians are in under a Labor government. So we had Christina Keneally on Monday. We had a lovely chat. And actually, I've got to tell you, you I was quite impressed by her presentation. Uh, She actually has a degree in uh, theology, believe it or not. Mm. Uh, so we did have a bit of a conversation about that. But one of the problems I find with Christina Keneally and the Labor Party in general is how can they say they're a Christian values-based organisation when they've voted for same-sex marriage, abortion, euthanasia? So there is a bit of a contradiction there, Neil. But I am pleased to say that Christina Keneally said on our webinar rightly that she will protect religious skills to be able to choose all their staff based on faith. So that is a real good news coming out of her mouth on Monday night and broadcast to the public. Well, it's important, isn't it? Because uh, issues that are developing around the religious discrimination bill and how that might affect schools, and there's now talk about, or perhaps it's rumour, and uh, you know, perhaps where there's smoke, there's fire, uh, backroom deals that might upset uh, all of those issues around schools. So to hear that coming directly from Senator Christina Keneally, uh, I, I guess you'd call it heartening. I'm sure it's not necessarily binding, but heartening. Is that the way you'd describe it? Look, it is heartening. Um, I mean, as I said, even the Attorney General, uh, Mark Dreyfus, the Shadow Attorney General, my apology, has said that 
They are prepared to support the federal anti-discrimination framework being extended to include religious belief as long as it doesn't override things like sexuality, gender, disability and marital status. Well, that's going to cause a lot of problems because um, it's okay to say you're going to support it, but not if you're going to lose all the other uh, benefits that the LGBTI community already have. But I have to tell you that there is, there is light at the end of the tunnel because if Labor refuses to engage, engage with Christians, as they did in 2019, and we spoke about this a while ago, Neil, then they're going to suffer. Now, my real worry is that, unfortunately, you know, Michaelia Cash and, uh, and Scott Morrison are going to fall into the same trap they think there are more votes in the LGBTI community than they are with Christians. And don't forget, back in, uh, what, 2016, I think, 52% or 53% still identified as Christians now. Uh, that says something deeper, as you describe that. Uh, it says something about the Christian community, that the federal government on the conservative side of politics thinks that Christians do not vote according to their Christian conscience. And uh, mm. that would be a concern. And that, of course, yeah. is something we talk about fairly frequently on this program because it does seem to be a weakness in the Christian community in Australia that when it comes election time, people cast their votes according to the marketing plans of yeah. the parties rather than their Christian conscience. And that's something, I guess, has to change, Greg. It has to change. I keep saying to churches when I go and preach or I make a presentation, Neil, that you must vote on a biblical basis. In other words, ask yourself, how in God's name should I vote? Well, I'll tell you, have a biblical worldview. You know, forget about the fact that you're a member of the Labor Party, member of the Liberal Party, member of the Greens. Vote on a biblical worldview basis, Neil, because it's important. If we don't, if we don't represent our faith, in the public arena, then we have no right to complain now. In some sense, uh, it's uh, the best of both worlds <laughs> when it comes to the parties in the sense that, uh, yeah. you know, one might look more unchristian than the other, but both sides look pretty unchristian. Uh, so yeah. the, there's challenging times with that. And so just yeah. reflecting back to your conversation with Senator Keneally uh, mm. about uh, how can you say you support Christian values uh, if you voted for same-sex marriage and if you voted mm. for abortion and if you voted for euthanasia. Those sorts of things create real difficulties on either side of the parliament, uh, whether it's federal or state. Well, absolutely, but not only that, if you go to the Liberal Party, the coalition, the Prime Minister says, we will ensure that every gay student is protected. Well, Neil, I've got to tell you, the information coming across my desk is this. What happens when you've got a school, a faith-based school, and a, per, and, and a particular student wants to wear a dress. Uh, what about another student that wants to use the female toilets when he's actually a male? What about the other student that, uh, you know, w wants to say, well, look, uh, really, I want to um, practice my, um, my transgender uh, 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 right here, and I'd like you to call me Steve, not, not Eve, please. What do we do in a faith-based school? Is the Prime Minister going to protect all this? Otherwise, why have a religious discrimination bill if it has no no real bite, Neil? So uh, these are real issues on both sides of politics, you know. And you can't get away from the fact that it is a Liberal National Coalition federal government that started the whole thing in the first place 
and legislated same-sex marriage. I mean, this is the thing that actually got got the ball rolling and causing all of the upsets that are going on right now. So, yes, when we talk about, Mm. uh, you know, putting the boot in both ways, Mm. uh, a a relevant thing to do, especially with a election that's coming up and uh, the challenging thing where Christians are not necessarily voting according to their conscience because if you vote according to your conscience, uh, then then things will change because politicians tend uh, to uh, form policy around what their constituents want. Well, at least that's what we think. (laughs) That's what we think. I mean, unfortunately, the parties have become a victim of political appeasement, Neil, and we've got to change that mindset. Okay. Hey, uh, just to quickly squeeze in some other issues that are going on, Uh, a lot of listeners uh, will be familiar with the fact that uh, there aren't as many Christian uh, political parties coming up to this federal election, but there is a reformation of the Family First Party in South Australia, and primarily around a state focus, but uh, there's a kickstart to a campaign coming up, Greg. Yeah, South Australia. Now, how do you like this, Neil? Family First is going to start up again. As you know, Family First was, I think, started some 20 years ago by the Assemblies of God Pastor Andrew Evans. Now, that was some 20 years ago. Now, we've got two Labor MPs who have said, right, we're quitting and we're going to start our Family First again. In other words, they're saying we're going to revive the party, in particular MP Tom Kenyon, who is a Christian, by the way, and uh, he's now going to revive the family first. And along with a colleague of his as well, which is really interesting because that's two Labor Party MPs that have said, uh, look, we're going to start our own party. So, Neil, there's signs that that, that, that even Labor members and Liberal members are getting sick and tired. And the reason they're starting the party up again is because they said that pro-family values uh, have harmed the general uh, population, uh, you know, there was no defence of pro-life, no defence of pro-values, family values, so they said, right, we're going to start family uh, first again and make sure that they are represented in the public domain. So it's interesting, Neil, and it, uh, it's encouraging. Now, we're going to have uh, actually Tom Kenyon in a webinar on, on the 13th of December, so please go to our website and have a look at that um, and just register if you're a South Australian. We will follow that one along. Uh, Just quickly too, a Swiss approval for the use of a suicide pod and uh, the Australian suicide promoter Philip Nitschke at the centre of this new invention. Neil, do you believe this? You know, Philip Nitschke invented a machine, a very sort of uh, futuristic gizmo type machine called the Sarko Suicide Pod. Now, this is unbelievable. What happens is once the pod is closed, um, a person will enter that pod and he just pushes a few buttons and he will be killed by nitrogen overdose in about 30 seconds. Now, where is the world going to? We now have mobile coffins that people get into and just kill themselves. I mean, the Swiss government has a thing called pay for suicide clinics. I mean, Neil, I'm so disturbed about this because where is the where is the value for life, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian? So really, I think this has got to make, this, this has got to be a bad news for, for Australia. And if it ever comes over here, I'm going to be so upset because Philip Nitschke said, now listen to this, we want to remove any kind of sidetrack psychiatric review from the process and allow the individual to control 
the method themselves on how they died. Well, hang on, what if you're psychologically disturbed? A psychiatrist might be able to help you stop yourself from killing yourself. You know? So, Neil, this is a real danger, and we're, and we're definitely into a culture of death, I think, now. Uh, it is disturbing, isn't it, when anyone tries to make suicide sound like yeah. a fun adventure? And uh, let's put yeah. you in like a time capsule, a suicide yeah. pod, and mm. uh, to transport you off or in, into uh, to the, the afterlife. <laughs> well, yeah. oh, uh, very significant. News. Hey, you've got uh, that webinar coming up quickly. That one is around, yes. we just mentioned, uh, Tom yes. Kenyon in South Australia. That one's coming up on Monday? Monday, yeah. It's Monday, uh, December the 13th, and it's 12.30 p.m. Uh, South Australian time. Now, I encourage anybody in South Australia to log on, have a look at this webinar, because I think it's important, because they'll have to tell the next federal election will be all about the minor parties. I can tell you that now. I mean... Uh, uh, it's, it's important that people realise there's going to be more choice than previous, and I'm not just talking about independence, but actual parties that people can look to if you're a Christian pro-life supporter. So there'll be an interesting, uh, interesting developments coming out of South Australia, which may have. Uh, repercussions, or not repercussions, but benefits all around Australia now. Yes. Well, let me point people to the Family Voice website where you could register for that webinar and also access resources and uh, articles about the sorts of things we talk about. Greg Bondar is Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. The website is familyvoice.org.au. Greg, thanks so much for the update once again today on 2020. Uh, delighted, Neil, and blessings to everyone. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.